Thank you, Lord. God, we just thank you that your mercies are new each day, and we thank you, God, for continuing to grow that understanding of grace in us this morning. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us by your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. one goat that talks about the appropriation and then there was another goat it was called the goat to Azazel the first goat was the goat to the Lord a person the second goat the high priest laid his hands on the goat's head in the Bible, it's called a scapegoat, but in the Hebrew, it's add to Azazel. The first goat was slaughtered and the blood was put on the mercy seat and on the altar to cleanse it. Once the high priest had done that, and he did it in his normal garments, he had taken off his robe of glory and he put on his normal cotton linen. Jesus Christ put off his glory and he became a man. The high priest lays the sins of the nation of Israel on the goat and they take it with a good man to the wilderness. And the wilderness in the Bible talks about the place where demons and evil spirits dwell. And so what this goat is picturing is the sins of the nation being taken to this place called Azazel, where sin originated on or originated in. It's taking it to Satan. It's taking it to the place where the damned are. That is the picture which Jesus shows. He not only paid for our sins on the cross, but he became sin. And death is a consequence of sin. What Jesus did was when they put him in the tomb, He took our sin below this earth. He took it to the place where sin belongs, where Satan will eventually dwell. So when he rose again, because there was no sin in him, what he did was rise from the grave and we are found in Him. Sin, all of the sin. God forgave 
His only begotten Son, so that everyone who believes will have eternal life. The sin of the world has been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. All we need to do is come to Him. Sin no longer reigns in this world. If we hold on to Him because it is paid and that picture is given in the face of the Lord. Amen. Your sin is gone as far as east is from west. It is removed. It is taken away by the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. We're going to have a look at a little clip on the screen in just a moment. But just before I do, I just want to just introduce again in a small way, uh, Rich and Jenny, to share the word this morning. And uh, I guess the first time I I met these guys about 15-ish years ago and got to know them and uh, had a meal with them one time. Uh, they'd been talking about Rwanda in the past back then and uh, missions has been part of their heart for a long time and if you've known them you you would agree with that and uh, it wasn't that long after they came here that they got uh, connected again with the Philippines and uh, sparks flew I think it's fair to say and uh, it's just been amazing to see what God stirred in them what God's been doing in them and just the connections we have with the people in the Philippines. I was chatting with Pastor Peter and, uh, and Pastor Joe and Lawrence and Annie and, and so much of that connection has come through Dave and Jenny and then Richard and Jenny. Um, and really excited to see what God does in them and through them as they prepare to go and as they go in the beginning of next year. So let's turn our eyes to the screen as we hear a little bit about the, the story so far. Thanks, guys. Morning. My name's Richard, and um, you'll see see my wife, Jenny, and uh, we're taking part of the service this morning. And um, as some of you might know, we've been in the process of going to the Philippines. We've been there quite a few times, but God's called us to be there for a longer period of time, for up to three years. You'll hear more about that, you know, when we get up on stage. But the one thing I want to share about is something that God has put on my heart, um, and definitely also Jenny's heart, And it's a scripture. It's from um, John. It's John 14, um, verse 12. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. From that, Jenny and I have been talking about it. And... We came up with the phrase, or God gave Jenny the phrase of, let God amaze. And that's where we're at. We just want to see God amaze. We want to see God amaze our life, and he has in the past. There's been so many times that God has just amazed us. It's just been a real God thing. And it just doesn't end there. It'll happen today, and we know it's going to happen in the future. And um, we're excited about that. However, we also want you to be excited about that. We want God to amaze you. And um, we want to be part of your journey. And we definitely want you to be part of our journey in seeing how God amazes us. And he want, as I said, he wants to do that every day. And we can definitely see that's going to happen in the future. So come on the journey with us and uh, we'll see where it goes.
Well, good morning. Uh, I'm Jenny and welcome to our home. Uh, it's lovely to have you here. I guess that uh, there are a lot of things to share. We have been on a, a journey to the Philippines for over a decade now and in 2015 was a very pivotal time for us where we decided that maybe there was a calling God was placing on our heart and uh, that would be to spend more time in the Philippines. We felt that very strongly on a month-long trip that Richard and I had there. And um, at that time we knew clearly that we weren't to stress about it, that God would show us um, when that time was. In 2019, I, if I remember rightly, we started to feel uh, that desire rising up within us, that we believe that there is something that, that's going to be changing in our life. And we knew that that was going to be a, a time for us to go to the Philippines. Again, had no idea when, how, God was asking us to step out in that moment, in that way, and that's what we did. And then um, early 2020, um, I think everything uh, became a lot more um, of us knowing that that was uh, definitely the step to, for us to take. Now, that's um, very exciting. We'd been waiting for that for a long, long time. I think then you step into another journey as you start to understand the reality of what's being asked of you and you start to get little sharp insights of the preparation that perhaps God will take you on and is good for you to go on. Uh, and I just wanted to share one for me that was a very big, um, preparation, very big journey. And see, uh, I even cry now. <laughs> it is good tears. I love the word. And so I will always come back to the word when I'm struggling, when I'm searching, or anything that is important in my life. Anything that's even remotely important in my life, I'll still go to the word. Um, Stepping away from family I was very big and it's taken, it's taken a long time for me to, I will go wherever God calls and I will do whatever God says. But he has blessed us beyond measure with um, uh, my parents, our siblings, our children, and now our grandchildren beyond measure. And um, my heart is full and overflowing. And so to step away from that, um, I count the cost. And there was a scripture in Matthew, 10, uh, 37 to 39. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter 
more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now to say I battled with this <laughs> verse is an understatement, but it's there for a reason. And so I searched the scriptures, I searched prayer in prayer. Um, it is, as I say, I adore my family and I would give my life for my family. I would give all life to follow Christ in whatever he's calling me for. I guess that that's where I came to see that there is um, a way through and it is only, only through God that I can have that way through. When I was toward, in perhaps my most weak moment of struggling with this, we went to a church service and the speaker was um, referring to the scripture about don't put your hand to the plough and look back. And in part of that they were talking about um, are you willing to put your hand to the plough regardless of the cost? And um, as I'm listening to that, actually I was weeping the whole way through the service, God was doing a work in me and that's beautiful. I felt God say, stand up for me, Jenny. And I thought, yep, of course I will, Lord. And then I heard it again, stand up for me, Jenny. And I felt in my spirit that he was saying for me to stand right there in that moment in front of everybody and declare that I will do whatever it takes to follow his call. And so I did. I was right in the front row as it happened <laughs> and I stood and I just stood there and I praised the Lord and I felt his strength coming into me, um, a reassurance and confirmation of his call that's coming into me. My love for my family does not alter, in fact it intensifies. Um, my love for God, again, intensifies and I have no idea what the future holds, what this call holds, why he desires for us to go. I will obediently go and I leave the details up to him. I'd just like to open in prayer. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord,
Lord, whenever we stand up and want to talk about you and who you are to us, Lord, we pray that it'll be your words and your thoughts in us. Lord, you know you've prepared us and you've given us a word, um, but Lord, it means nothing if your spirit doesn't flow through us. So Lord, I pray that this morning, I pray that for Jen, that you will just flow through her, that they are your words. And Lord, I pray that it does reach not only us, which is, it's moved us in the last couple of weeks, Lord, but I pray that it will actually reach the people in this room and whoever's online, not for our sake or Andrew's or whatever, but Lord, for your sake, to put the glory and the spotlight on you, you, Jesus, on you, the Spirit of God, and you, God, that you will be glorified and that you will be lifted up and that the world will know that you are God. And we pray this in your Son's name. Amen. Hallelujah. I've come equipped with tissues. I'm not going to need them. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Andrew, for giving us the opportunity to come up and to, to share. Um, I was going to say we have a lot more to share, but, you know, I think God has a lot more to share. And in all of our journeys, he wants um, us to go on extraordinary journeys with him in our life. So we're, I'm not actually going to share anything more about the Philippines today. We're going to save that for on the 29th of May on the Saturday night at 7.30. And um, yeah, it would be lovely for those of you who God is igniting your heart in this way for you to come along and to hear more. But um, Easter Sunday, I think it was, we were here and in worship and it was like God was just giving me a message on that day as we were in worship. I was understanding it, I was hearing it, I could um, instantly know how to apply that and that is his spirit working within us. And so I went away and I prayed, when am I to share that? It didn't quite relate to what we have just seen, but at the same time, it did very much relate to what our journey is and the path that we are on. And so we prayed about it. And um, I felt to put this message together regardless and that God would reveal with something to be shared now. We were ready right up to this morning that if God uh, was going to change that, then he would also give us a new understanding. Thursday, we were part of a Bible study uh, with some uh, people in Zoom, and uh, the word was powerful. Um, we were so blessed and um, understood things in new ways. And we walked away and we thought, ah, are we to uh, not share this word to go along there? So we just said, no, let's just keep thinking about that. Within an hour, it just settled so um, peacefully in, in our heart, stay the course. What I've given you, stay the course. So, here we go. <laughs> Here's the word that, um, that God has given me. And you know, I pray that it blesses you. We're all on the same journey. This word is for me and it's for you. It is, I'd like to begin with a testimony. 
And I'm going to be kind of speaking off that testimony throughout it. And to begin with, let's have a disclaimer. And that is that this is my journey. You may like to consult your doctor for your own medical advice before you uh, put in any of uh, what I have to say. So, you know, a few years ago, I realised that I needed to get my uh, fitness in order. I needed to take my fitness a little bit more seriously. I had this nagging lower back, I had a niggly neck, I had aching shoulders and I had a troublesome knee. Believe it or not, in my mind, those very things were enough to stop me from wanting to work out, to stop me from wanting to get fit. I would often think, oh, you know, I could just pull up sore. Oh, it's just going to get worse than what it already is. I would also think things like, I'm too busy. It's a goodie, isn't it? Then the other one, I am getting older and this is just the way it's going to be. But all of those thoughts aside, I kind of thought, regardless, it is going to be helpful to learn how to engage my core, my abdominal muscles. Well, that seemed a little strange and actually seemed really hard because we had not been acquainted for a very long time. And so I started out with really good intentions. I will exercise. I must exercise. I didn't exercise. Yeah, this dialogue went on for quite a while. A friend, thank you, Joe Coop, you probably don't even remember, put up on Facebook a post. We were going to get this put up on, on the screen. Matt was going to take a photo of it under Richard's advice and Jenny says, no, don't bother about that. So you probably can't see it. <laughs> Note to self. This post on Facebook said, whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. Down the bottom it says, read that again. <laughs> whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. Now that's been on my fridge for so long that it's changed colours. <laughs> you know, I realised that I had been choosing, I will, I must, I didn't for a very long time. And now I had a choice, crossroad. I could choose to step into a change that I was longing for as well as needing to make. So I started to exercise <laughs> for my own benefit, of course. And you know, it seemed really foreign and uncomfortable at first. But surprisingly, after quite a short period of time, hello, I found them. I could engage my abdominal muscles, my core. It's like they were there all along. Yeah. 
You know, as I was learning to do this, I would even have some work, workouts where in my attempts to engage my core, I was actually instead often tightening muscles in other areas of my body, such as my lower back, my neck, my shoulders, my knees. I was trying to find strength in these areas that were carrying my load for so long. They had been giving me the strength, even though they weren't equipped to do it. They were the ones that had been doing the load. What seemed impossible for me finally started to become possible. Now, I am actually wondering, I'm up here doing it. I'm up here engaging my core. How many of you are sitting there engaging your core and saying, hello, good to see you? You know, my next step was to uh, keep my abdominal muscles, my core engaged when I was not working out. But throughout the day, when I was hanging out the washing, when I was doing the groceries, when I was going for a walk, when I was just walking from the bedroom to the kitchen, as I stood up, engaged the core. And again, I had success. Sometimes I had to stop, isolate, identify, and then I'd keep going, but I could do it. You know, recently, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> recently, I had one more discovery of how important my core strength is and my reliance on it. And you know, I have had a sore throat for quite some time, more like a throat that I would lose power in my voice very quickly. After speaking to somebody who has skills in vocal training, they gave me advice, Jenny, that is quite easy to fix. You ready for it? Engage your core. What? To help my throat, I needed to engage my core? My education was complete. <laughs> for today, anyway. <laughs> so, let's summarise this education. I've got five points up here. Now, the, these are not so much... Uh, points that I'm going to uh, methodically preach off of again, but they will be coming up. So, so I want you to keep your ear because we're going to um, have a reason for that. The first one, if we can have a look up, I had to be educated that I actually was staying the same even though it caused me suffering. I stayed there. The second point, for me, the change seemed impossible. Third point, the comfort of past habits kept pulling me back. Fourth point, my core strength impacts all areas. Number five, my core strength is reliable and sustaining. Alrighty, so let's transfer this into 
our spiritual fitness. You probably knew I was going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this is where I kind of say, when I was preparing this, this is quite different to what we've been talking about, but as we go through it, it's right in the pocket of what we're talking about in regards to Richard and I preparing to go to the Philippines. It's irrelevant what you're preparing for in your walk with God. But the principles are still the same. Let's call this our spiritual workout or igniting our core foundation. For me, my spiritual core foundation is when I strengthen God into the very centre of my life. And I allow that to radiate out, impacting and influencing my thoughts, my behaviours, my attitudes, my decisions, my very character. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, it says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wise tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godlessness, godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. The Bible even talks about the value of physical fitness and godly fitness. So let's identify some of the issues. You know, I want to build you up. God wants to build me up, so I, I, let's do this workout together. Let's identify some of the issues that can hinder us from starting our spiritual workout. Similar to the delay that I had in my fitness, we can often be living a life of sufferance in a certain area. And I bet the minute that I say that, something comes to your mind. It could be your work situation, your family situation. It could be your health. But do you know what? In amongst all of those, the more I speak to people, do you know what sometimes our biggest battle is? In our mind. We still have all of those situations, but in our mind, we have thoughts like, this is just the way it is for me. That person said this to me and so now I think that that's what that actually means. And so now I'm not going to go there. Because, and off we go. You're feeling trapped. You're feeling like this is just the way that I respond. This is just the way that I behave. We want change. Sometimes we can go for change, but we can look for it in other areas. And again, the list of that, we could go on, but let's just treetop a few. We, in our society, it's easy to do. We work harder, we work longer. We put our focus of change for getting um, a, a fitness in our life, spiritual or not, into issues like that. Alcohol, self-indulgence, gaming, such a trap for our younger generation and our not-so-younger generation. None of these actually lift us out of the suffering. It just dulls it. And we probably aren't feeling a contentment in it. 
but it's too hard again, as I said, too hard to change it. Let's have a look in Romans. Again, the Apostle Paul puts it in words. Chapter 7, verses 14 to 20. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I do, want to do, I do not do. And what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Important point. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature, really important point. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do it, what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. I want more God in my life. I want to be more Christian, whatever that is. I want to be more godly. I want to be more Christ-like. It can seem tough. Sometimes it can actually seem like life gets in the way of becoming like that. I want to read my Bible every day. I want to be in prayer. I want to be nice to people. We start really well. Then the kids get sick. Or the work roster changes. Or the homework load at school increases. And time passes and we realise that we may have had devotions or a time in the word once or twice this week, and I think I prayed somewhere in the day. We're not immune, are we? We can probably all identify with that. I have actually thought when we become Christians, wouldn't it be amazing if we got a crash course download of every scripture in the Bible and the spiritual understanding to know how to apply it all? Wouldn't that be amazing? I know the first time that I read that Romans verse that uh, was up on the screen there, I thought, wow, that is me. That is so profound. I don't get it. That is really deep. Or the scripture that I mentioned in the video on Matthew, those who love their father or mother more than me are not worthy of me. What does that mean? God wants to take us on a journey. He wants to restore what has been robbed of you, from you, by sin, and take you on this incredible journey where we develop his character in us. We understand it. We know it. We own it. 
and you become more like him. It might be a saying more in the 80s. I don't know. I haven't heard it lately. There is a poster I remember in my youth. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. I don't know if any of the younger people have heard that. So with what we've been talking about in Romans, and we don't get a download, by the way, of every scripture and the spiritual understanding to apply, that doesn't happen. God loves us too much to take the joy of discovering who he is away from us. So we're not perfect, but we are forgiven. In the Bible, it says for us to bear with each other, to build each other up in the Lord. Ephesians, it says, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, for those of you who want to, you could walk around, go up and greet someone and sing Amazing Grace. That would be beautiful. With our social technology, is that the term for it nowadays? We can send beautiful, encouraging worship songs to each other. Who knows what that may do for another person? When we meet together, let's speak the word of God. Let's talk about scripture. It may be, I love what I read this morning. Or it may be, I didn't quite understand it. Brother, sister, what's your understanding of this? Or it could be, I read something this morning and, brother, sister, I need help. Make a commitment or making a commitment to get into God's word and to have more, more God in your life, to me is similar to going to a gym. You get a gym membership, you know you've, that's a big moment in itself, isn't it? Getting the gym membership and committing to going. We go, we come back, <laughs> we look in the mirror. Yep, nothing. We go the next day and the next day and the next day, we come back, we look in the mirror and we see nothing. Clearly, it is not working. So we give up. But if you decide to stick at it, and I could be talking about Jim, but no, let's move on. Let's talk about if you stick at making a commitment to be in God's word and to putting more of God in the centre of your life, you will see a change. You probably will not be able to pinpoint the exact moment that that happened, but there will be a change. I don't know about you, but sometimes with something that I've been praying to God about, for me lately it is to be to remember his word, not just verbatim, but to understand it, put it in my heart. 
And I'll be in prayer and all of a sudden I realise that I'm actually saying his word back to God in my prayer. And do you know all I can say in that moment is thank you. I hadn't quite realised it was happening and it took that moment for me to realise that it was happening. We often don't realise that we're growing and developing and that's why we're to bear with each other, build each other up in the Lord, spur each other on in the faith. We do incremental progress a lot in our life, don't we, with our savings, our personal finances. If we have a new job, I didn't get it quite right yesterday with what I understood, but tomorrow I can do better and better. Gaming, (laughs) ooh, do I have a thing about this? We can stick at understanding gaming. I'm gonna commit to doing that so I get better and better at it. Let's do the same with our walk with God. Let's stick at it a little bit more each day and get better and better. We strategize, we commit, we invest. Make a commitment today to be in God's word regularly, to having conversation with him, whether we call that prayer or not. And I'll tell you something, get ready to be amazed. Get ready to be amazed because God does not turn his back on his children. He is ready and willing to engage anytime you holler and he wants us to keep hollering. Newborn, but no, okay, I missed a scripture. Let's go to 1 Peter, thanks, Michaela. Chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. Like newborn babies, crave spure, pure spiritual milk. They do that too, don't they? <laughs> Let's start that again. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tested that the Lord is good. Newborn babies have milk every few hours, day and night. Let us crave the word of God like a newborn baby. A newborn baby doesn't stay newborn for long and they don't stay on just milk for long. They go to food. They love food, they need food. Pray for God to give you a desire for more, more of him. You may not even know what that more is. You know, sometimes I don't understand what is good for me, but God does. Come to him in prayer, Lord, your way. You make a way forward. We don't need to come to God with our list. God, I would like, you must, could you please? Let's pray, God, your way. Your will be done. And again, be ready to be amazed. In Isaiah, it says to us, my thoughts are not your thoughts. I'll actually start at the start of that scripture. It actually says, Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so my thoughts are higher 
than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. I want to invest my life in my heavenly Father who has that approach to me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. I mentioned in my introduction that as I was learning how to strengthen my abdominal muscles, it was like there was a battle in other areas of my body with who I was relying on. I would try to engage my core and my lower back, which was my, my go-to area, wanted to do the job instead. You know, brothers and sisters, when we begin to engage our spiritual core, past habits will want to pull us back. And I'd like to read two really important scriptures that will um, help us along with this. The first is in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitudes of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God. Hmm in true righteousness and holiness. And the second, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses... Oh, my... Sorry, Matt. This is a doozy. I'll just throw in here. I could throw it in all over the place. Do your own spiritual workout. Go digging in these verses. One Peter chapter five, eight and nine. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in your faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind. Suffering. Wow. We could sit in these scriptures for a long time. That's why I say go home, write it down, look it up. Get a concordance, cross reference, hear a teaching. Understand, take it deep into your spirit so then you can live out of it. We're going to just tree top it today. The old has passed away. We are new creations in Christ. The pull of the past, if we understand this, it has no hold on us. The moment that we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, the old is gone. God sees us as a new creation. 
our daily journey then is learning how to live in the new creation, how to resist the old nature, stand firm in the faith and to live more and more and more in our new creation. Wow. Let's get sharp keyhole views of the reality and the impact of that in our life. The second in verses that we read of 1 Peter tells us that the devil wants to devour us. And that's putting it nicely. He does not want us to become Christ-like. So the minute, the very second that you start to become strong in God, he is going to work really, really hard to try to stop you. And he will plant seeds of doubt in your mind. He will plant discouragement in your mind. The world has been taken over by that. He will confuse you and he will put you down. The Bible tells us to stand firm. Resist the devil and he will flee. That's why singing in hymns, songs and saying psalms is so important because that is what we can put back on the devil. Jesus did it early on in his um, uh, appointment with the three years of his ministry on earth when he went out into the wilderness. The devil tried to tempt him and what did he do each time? He brought scripture back. That's why for us to, to bring scripture not only into our memory, but into our heart. And in those moments when the devil tries to still kill and destroy us, we can say, not today, not today, because this is what God says about me. This is who God says I am. This is how God sees me. The last part of that, that scripture in 1 Peter actually said, you know your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. This is another ploy. We can often think we're the only ones. You know that it's just me, I'm the only one, Sunday after Sunday I go and I hear and I just don't get it. I'm the only one that is not able to sustain this Christian life that I, I hear other people talking about, but that is in the Bible. I'm the only one that can't do it. The devil is no respecter of humans, so he will go after each one of us. He is a liar. But our Lord and Saviour, God Almighty, had a plan right from the beginning of how to meet the devil at this pitiful play. Overcoming sin, sin and death on the cross. 
and giving us, through the Holy Spirit, equipment. We're not left abandoned, but equipment within our life to build ourselves up into who God intended us to be. You know, I hope that you will never think of your core in the same way again. It is my prayer that as you develop your spiritual core foundation, that it will impact your thoughts. And knowing not all of you, but some of you, you could stand here and give testimony of that. Your behaviours, your attitudes, your decisions, right through to your very character. So, when I stand, I engage my core. Isaiah says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. When I work throughout the day, I engage my core. Colossians tells us, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. When I speak, I engage my core. Hmm. Psalm, beautifully, Psalm 71 actually says beautifully, my mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendour all day long. Whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. And I'd just like to finish with reading uh, a scripture from in Joshua, tree-topping Joshua. Great book, go there, amazing. Talks about how the Israelites who've been through the wilderness, finally come into the promised land and they have been told to do a few things, but most importantly, to get rid of the idols and those who have been worshipping false gods, to settle in the land and worship the Lord your God. Some go off and do that. They have areas in the land, the promised land, that the tribes of Israel are to settle in. Some go off and they do that and they are God-honouring. Some do not. Some actually, yeah, that idol ain't too bad. It's pretty harmless. It's just a little bit. Toward the end of the book of Joshua, he brings all of the tribes together and he speaks to them. So let's look with our closing verse at Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the, the, the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day 
who you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods, the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you for Christ. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. We pray one thing today. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. And we know one thing for certain when we pray this, Lord, is that you can be trusted. You can be trusted with our very life. So have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks, Jenny. Just so mindful as you're sharing this morning and talking about the core. Um, I shared a few months back that I was going to be doing a, a 75k bike race, and but then it got cancelled because of the COVID five-day lockdown thing. And but praise God, the race is again on again tomorrow. But not tomorrow, next week. But I'll be in Tassie, so I can't do it. And so I was like, oh. So you know what I did? I stopped training. But then this, this, yesterday we had a 50k race and because I'd stopped training, my fitness wasn't what it was three months ago. And Tuesday I went out for a ride as a, a practice run for the, the Saturday and I did my, my 50k's and to be honest, Rochelle was laughing about this this morning and she's saying, you're not going to tell people about that, are you? <laughs> Put the kids to bed and I came out of the bedroom on my hands and knees because I was so sore, not in my legs, not in my lungs but in my, in my core, uh, 50k ride into a headwind uphill, it's your, your core suffers. And you know, in our spiritual life, we can think, oh, you know what, I'm not doing that big race anymore. I don't need to prepare. I don't need to be ready. But we need to be ready. Whatever it is God's called you to, let's be ready. Let's get our core in order. Our core is our, our focus, our love for God and our... our devotion to him. I'm going to ask the, the band to come. We're going to finish with one final song. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I just pray as we sing this song that you can just spend some time with God saying, God, forgive me. God, help me. God, grow me. Uh, also, just want to pray just for a moment really quickly as we come to a close. You know, Pastor Joe actually messaged me while Jenny was speaking and uh, just said, thank you, church, for your connection and support of us. And, you know, um, Pastor Joe has actually had COVID the last couple of weeks if you're part of our, our prayer team, you'd be aware that she's been struggling with that. And I just want to pray for, for her, for the church there, for these guys and for us too. Lord God, we just pray for Pastor Joe. We just thank you, Lord, that even this morning we can connect and encourage her. And we just pray by your spirit that you would strengthen her in her physical being, Lord. She would be free from this virus in Jesus' name, that you would strengthen her and uphold her. Lord, for all of the church there, we just thank you, God, for what you're doing. 
by your spirit through your church in the Philippines. We just thank you, God, for the privilege it is to partner with them as a church. We thank you for Rich and Jenny, the call you have on their life and the way you're preparing them and working through them. And God, I just pray for all of us, Lord, that you would just grow our core, our love for you, our, our strength in you, our, our, our knowledge of what you have done and who we are in Christ. Lord, that you would use us to multiply and multiply and multiply, to see king, your kingdom expand, to disciples who make disciples. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Let's stand as we finish with this song now. Thanks, guys. <laughs>